Daflamates, the Mishnah. Shor Shopikech, she was sure of a regular healthy person, she was responsible for watching his animals, of course. Shenogach Shor Shokher Shaitavakotan, and he damaged a shor that was owned by a Cherish Shaitavakotan, someone who's not Bar Mitzvah, Mitzvah. So Chayev, of course, Chayev to pay, it doesn't make a difference who owns the animal you damaged. We talked about Hegdish, we talked about if it was owned by a Goy, but if it's owned by a Yid, just because they're a Kotan, doesn't matter. Of course, you still Chayev to pay to the estate to pay whoever to whoever's going to be taking care of their money. But says the Mishnah, if the owner of the animal was one of these people who was a cherish shait of a cotton, so the Mishnah says you're going to be potter. Obviously, they can't be responsible for paying anything, and they can't be responsible for watching anything, and therefore they're going to be out there. As Rashi had said earlier, obviously, if the animal kills somebody, we might take away the animal from them. We'd be out there We don't want a dangerous animal around. But in terms of chiv tashlumen, a cherish shait of a cotton is not going to be mechayev. However, says the Mishnah, and this is how we're going to have to figure out how to read the Rish and Sefer together. If you see they have such an animal, so Bezdin has to help them out. Bezdin has to appoint an Apitropos, and the Apitropos will now be responsible for what happens to the animal. And then, if the animal gores, the people will testify. Normally, we said you have to testify in front of the owner of the animal in Bezdin to be able to make it mechoyev and make it into a mood. Here, the Apitropos plays that role. The Gemara is going to ask a steer right away from the ratio to the safe. So what if the animal becomes a mood? while they were a in this status with the apitropus and now the owner gets older and the older owner gets healthier and therefore now is able to take over responsibility for the animal. So the mayor says an amazing thing, the very mayor. Rameir says what we're going to call in the Gemara Rishus Mishana, that it could be the nature of the animal changes as the ownership changes. And therefore now, that the responsible party is no longer the Apitropos, who maybe was abusing the animals or something like that, and that's why the animals are crazy. We're here now that the original owner takes takes uh, takes responsibility. Remember, said, you reset the clock. And they become back to being a Tom until you can establish again that they're a Mu'ad. Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi says, no, no such thing. Once it becomes a Mu'ad, it's a Mu'ad. Rishos Mashana does not make a difference. Next, Allah in the Mishnah. Sharetz to the own. If you have a Shar that's supposed to gore people and is trained to gore people in what we would call today like the Colosseum and the bullfights and the games etc. etc. things like that. So Eina Chayev Misa. If such a shor kills somebody, the shor is not Chayev Misa. If the shor does it of its own volition, <coughs> and not that we trained him specifically to do the gory. Now it's not clear from the mission of the Gemara doesn't explain. A is this only if it kills? What if it causes hezek? Is that the same halacha? Because he's trained to kill. What if he just caused hezek? Would we have it? Would we say it's chayv there or not? It's not clear. Then we shouldn't discuss it. It's also not clear. We're we talking about if he kills in the act of a bullfight, or if he stumbles, walking down the street, and decides to kill somebody. It's not clear from the Mishnah, but it's definitely about the nature of this animal. is something we trained him to do, and we encourage him to do, so then the animal is not going to be Misa. Of course, the owner of the animal went up in Mechayv in this case. Let's go back to the ratio of the Mishnah. It says, The Mishnah itself, the Chayv, seems to be a steer of It says, is potter. He said a cherishet v'kotan is totally potter from paying for damage that their animal does. Alma, ein mamid in apitropis the tam ligves migufai. That's clearly mashra. We do not appoint an apitropis to help to make the cherishet v'kotan responsible now to pay from the animal, as we normally say. A cherishet v'kotan never, if it's something that they inherited alone 
or a debt they inherited from their father, then for sure they don't pay from metaltlin. They only pay from karka, from a leaned-on karka that they had gotten from their father. And over here, we're not talking about necessarily, obviously, something that happened by their father, something that happened by them, but even something that happened by them, only if it's a shibut aguf on the yusayimim do we say that they have to pay. But if it's a shibut on money, we never say that the yusayimim have to pay. As Rashi is going to say this for in a few minutes, if they're Yisraelim Ketanim and not B'nai Mitzvah, then they, they don't have no mitzvah to pay off any loans or mitzvah to pay off any hezeks, as far as the Gemara says in a few places, and therefore they would not have to pay. So the question over here the Gemara is going to be grappling with throughout the whole daf is, do we therefore go ahead and appoint an Apitropos to take responsibility? An Apitropos would have to pay. We'll see how he pays in a minute. Well, do we say no? It just is what it is, and until children grow up, we don't have to worry about it. So it's much from the Rish and the Mishnah that we do not appoint an Apitropos. It just says they're positive. End of, end of story. But the next line of the Mishnah says, We do appoint an Apitropos to take responsibility. We eat them after the Apitropos, and we testify an Apitropos. Alma, me eat them Apitropos, the time of the It's mashma, that the Apitropos would take responsibility, and if the animal damages, we would say that you have to pay me gufe of the animal, from the metal of the animal, which seems to be not A, not halacha, and B, not what the Rasha said. Some of Rav, says an amazing way to read the Mishnah. Really, we leave it alone. If it's just paying me, paying me gufe of a time, we leave it alone. And then not only, you have to remember though, not at this stage in the Gemara, not only would that mean you're not going to have to pay as a time, but it's never going to become a muid. Right? If you're never going to be paying as a time, but there's nobody to testify in front of because the owners are a cherishat of a cotton, the animal will never be a muid to have to pay muid at all. So here, actually, that says, Rabbi, that's exactly the point of the Mishnah. If you see this animal is a wild animal, and it's gored a couple times already, you appoint the Apichapas not to pay for the damage it does while it's a tam. The function of an Apichapas is an Echrami. You do not make an, a, a Yosem pay, or not Yosem, the Cheshat of pay damages that did the first few times as a tam. The damages before there was an apitropos, for sure they don't have to pay. But even the first three times that it gores after they appointed apitropos, he does not have to pay. Because he's a time only pays me gufai, not minaliyat zachiv on the animals, nothing to do with the cheshet of a cotton, they're going to be potter. But it can become a muid through those gorings. Then when it gores the third time, fourth time, the shitas, then it's now a muid. A muid is a chiv on the gavra, then you would have to pay from the estate of the Cherishite of a cotton. So we have over here an interesting, like Palgina, an interesting way of splitting up the halacha. That the, you can have edus that's not going to be mechaev them to pay as a tam, but it is going to turn the animal into a mood. We have, we'll see later on in the Masech, there's certain cases the Gemara is not happy with such a svara. But over here the point is that really the edus would be mechaev them. Just their cheshet forgotten, so they can't pay. It's not that the testimony is about something that's not payable. It is payable. They happen to be a cheshet forgotten, which doesn't have any responsibility to pay. But it is enough to make the animal now considered a mood. And then once it's a mood, of course, the cheshet forgotten are going to be responsible to pay for any damage that happened as a mood. Says the Marmali Asmat. So now that you said that it could become a mood, and when it's a mood, they have to pay, who pays? We have over here an Apitropos, who's the responsible party who's supposed to be watching the animals. Mm-hmm. But obviously the animal's owned by the Cheshat of Akot. So it seems to have two sheets. <laughs> you pay it from the Yusayimim's estate. The Yusayimim, the Cheshat of Akot, and whoever the estate it is, they have to pay. The more calls the Yusayimim because the assumption is how would a Cheshat of Akot 
own an animal, right? Where would they get it from? Must be they had it be a rusha, and that's that's what it's called Yisraeli. No, the apitropus has to pay. Now it sounds like what he means the apitropus has to pay is out of his pocket. He's the responsible party. He's like a shimer. He's a shimer. He's responsible for what happened. Says the more, how can you say that Rabbi Yochan and said that Yisraeli have to pay themselves? Remember Yehuda Meravasi. We have we this a few places in Shas, in Erechin, and other places. As we explained, a Yisraeli, even a chiv of halva, if they had borrowed money, if their father had borrowed money, they don't have to pay. Yosem a cotton or a cheresh of shaita is lav bnei mitzvah. If they lav bnei mitzvah, they don't have to pay at all. The only times we let them pay is if we don't pay now, they're going to end up owning more money over time. If they borrowed money from a guy and they have to pay back ribbis, so if you don't pay now and you wait for a couple of years till they turn by mitzvah, they're going to be owing compounded interest over the years. So then we'd say you pay now. Or if you have a ribbis issue, or if they owe to their mother, or their stepmother, whatever it is, and she needs the money to live on, so then we collect from them. But otherwise, we don't collect from them. So we have two issues over here. The issue number one is, do we appoint our pichabas to, to make it from a tamad to a muad? And assuming we do, even then, why would they have to pay? So maybe to make the chayv the apitropis, he's a responsible party, fine. But to be chayv the assignment and have their estate pay seems to be not what the halach is. The halach is, you don't make them. Now, it could be they have to pay when they get older. When they turn bar mitzvah, then you make the pay. But the Gemara is clearly mashri making them pay now. How does that work? So, man, can I mean, no problem. Do so, have people to take on the job? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, 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 you're getting there. Excellent, excellent. So, my epoch. First, let's switch around the sheet. Rabbi Yechidim was the one who said that we don't collect for you. So I remember here we're saying we do. Switch it. Switch him and Rabbi Yechidim. Rabbi Yechidim and Malia said, Apitrapas, that the Apitrapas pays. Rabbi Yechidim and Malia said, Apitrapas pays. Rabbi Yechidim and Malia said, Apitrapas what does that accomplish for you? You're right. You had a steer in Rabbi Yechon himself. The one place Rabbi Yechon said you collect from Yisraelim, one place he said you don't. So we'll switch around and say he always says you don't. But still, what are you doing by then? You're just throwing Rabbi Yechon under the bus. So you tell me now that Rabbi Yechon said you don't collect from Yisraelim, he's consistent. Rabbi Yechon here says you do collect from the Yisraelim. But we know you're not supposed to collect from Yisraelim. Everybody agrees you don't collect from Yisraelim unless there's a ribbis question or something like that. We know Rishikhin was a dayan. He knew all the halachas backwards and forwards. There's no way he would just stop say you collect from the assignment. So back to our question. What, there seems to be something else going on over here. Even though normally we don't collect from the assignment, it could be your Yechin himself even holds, then in this case you do. Says the Gemara, You don't have to switch around the sheetas. Over here we have a, a, a wild animal. We have a wild animal that we're dealing with, and therefore we can't just let it go. We have to be able to deal with the situation because we need to appoint someone to protect the public from this wild animal. So we have a vested interest in the public's perspective of appointing an apitropus. And now we get to the Svar Penny was just saying. You make the assignment pay out of their estate, even though normally you wouldn't. The If you tell the apitropus he has to pay, who's going to want to be an apitropus? Now, normally we say, as far as Shas, people want to be an apichopist because it's a chash of position. It's good on your resume to show that Bezin appointed you an apichopist. That means you're a responsible person, etc. But over here, you're telling me, I'm going to do this. Really, really, I'm doing it for a chesed for the assignment. And now I have to pay out of my pocket? That's nuts. And therefore, we have no choice but to say, in this case, we're going to make him pay out of the assignment's pocket. Whereas, Whereas, the Apitropis does have to pay now. He lays out the money. But, of course, when the Yusayim get older, they have to pay him back. So both sheetas agree that at the end of the day, the Apitropis is not going to have to pay out of his pocket. The question is, 
do, do they have to pay now? According to Rabbi Yechon, they pay, the Yisraelim pay now? And according to Rabbi Yechon, the Apitrapas pays now. And as Rashi points out, the only reason the Yisraelim have to pay him back later is also the same Svara. That's because otherwise no one's going to want to be an Apitrapas. The only question is, would you agree to be an Apitrapas if you're going to have to lay out the money and only get it back in two, three, four, five years, whatever it is? That's the Maklaikas over here. So we're coming out that everybody says that Mamid and Apitrapas to not Ligbais Manatam, but to make it into a mood. It seems to be we're saying our mission holds, we do not appoint an Apitrapas to make a Tam pay, to make your sermon pay for the Nezik of a Tam that you don't do. You're appointing Apitrapas only to turn it into a mood. Once it turns into a mood, then the only question is, do, does the Apitrapas lay out the money now and collect it back later? Or does the, do we take the money away from the sermon right now? Because otherwise we're never going to be able to appoint an Apitrapas. But says the Gemara, though, this point is actually machlaikis. The truth is, there might actually be a shita, which is not our shita of our Mishnah. There might be a shita tanoim, which actually says we do actually make him pay the hezek of the tam as well. Not just the hezek of the muid, but even the hezek of the tam. This is the following interesting b'risa. So you have a shor that the owner became deaf, and therefore he's not chayiv to watch it anymore. Or he became un, un, unstable. Or if the owner's not around at all. So the owner's not around, and he's just animals, wild animals walking around. So what do you do? Yehuda ben Akusaymer, Sumchus, he said b'shem Sumchus, Harehu b'tamusoy, it remains a tam. There's nothing you can do about it. You don't have an owner here, or you don't have an owner of sane mind, and therefore, it's just a tam. There's nothing you can do about it. Whereas a chamem ayim ma'amidim l'apitrapas, you appoint an apitrapas, u'ma'idim ayim if the apitrapas, and you test them in front of the apitrapas. Now, so far, if we just had that, it could be what he's saying is like we said in our Mishnah that it's not a question of paying; it's a question of becoming a muot. But now continues the brayshom if he gets healthy, he goes back to being a tam. What happened when there was an apitropus there doesn't count, and he goes back to being a tam. Until you test him in front of the Bible. Now, we have two separate machlaikas seemingly going on, which don't seem to make any sense. What did Sumchus mean when he said that the animal now becomes a tam? Now, the original ration, when Sumchus said his halacha, he wrote, he said, which is mashmah, it never becomes a muad at all. And then he said, when the owner gets healthy, now it goes back to being a tam. Mashmah, if it's going back, then it was a muad. So how do you read what's going on over here? It did become a muad. What did he mean by Tamusa? He meant as follows. Because he, he said it. We can't explain in his statements that point out the Gemara, like we said in our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, we said that it means it becomes a Muad even though you don't pay the Hezek of the Tam. That's not what he said. Tamusa means it's not becoming a Muad at all. So what did he mean? What he meant is, is that you don't have to pay for the damage he did as a tam. He didn't mean it stays a tam. Of course, it becomes a mu'ud. But I read to me, me Musa, that you don't have to pay for that damage. So if that's, everybody agrees you can become a mu'ud, the question is, do you pay for the damage that happened before it became a mu'ud? Sumka says no, which is like our Mishnah. So therefore, the Machlekes, Sumchus and Rabbanon, is not 
whether we appoint uh, whether we appoint apitropos. Of course, we appointed apitropos, and of course, you could become a muad through that. The question is, do you have to pay for the first three gorings as a tam? Sumcha says like a mission, you don't have to. And Behuda is coming along and saying over here, no. That not only do you appoint the apitropos, but the apitropos also the chalom side. The apitropos also is going to be mechayev to pay for the damage it does as a tam as well. The first three chatzines, the first two or three chatzines. And then the Sefer my Pligi, which just Mashani can be now. Then the only question is, now that it became a Mu'ud, as we had in our Mishnah as well, does it now return to its original status when the owner, re- when the owner comes back to being responsible? So because I'm Mashana, and therefore it resets and becomes a town. That it does not. So that Machlaikis we already had on the Mishnah, but now for the first time we see a Machlaikis Tanoim, whether when we appoint an Apitrapis, does that Apitrapis have to pay for the damage it does as a Tam as well, or not? It seems that Gemara doesn't say what the extent of the Machlaikis is, but that is the Nakudos of Machlaikis. So now we have a double point. And that's going to lead us to this final Gemara. Tell about him. Interesting, Bryce. Shor Chereshet Vekotten Shenogach, Yubiyakov Mishalim Chatzinezek. So you have a Shor that's owned by Chereshet Vekotten that damages. Yubiyakov pays Chatzinezek. Now I said that very clearly. Gemara says a, a joke. Yubiyakov might have did it. What did Yubiyakov do? Sounds like Yubiyakov is paying the Chatzinezek. Who's Rabbi Yaakov and what is he doing? It's a funny joke. doesn't mean Rabbi Yaakov pays it. Of course, it's Rabbi Yaakov Shita that the owner over here has to pay Chatzinezek. Now, as Rashi points out, and Taisus points it out as well, there's an interesting point in this price. So first of all, generally speaking, every Mishnah in the Masechta and every Bryce in the Masechta, unless it says otherwise, we assume it's talking about a Tam. Okay, when the Mishnah is talking about a mood, or the Bryce is talking about a mood, the Mishnah says we're talking about a mood. Generally speaking, we're talking about a Tam. So now, comes along this Tam, and he says as follows. Now, normally you would say, what's the issue? If, obviously, is not paying anything. The only way he would pay is if you appoint an Apitropos, and an Apitropos would pay that. So now, what should Rav Yaakov say? It should say, Rav Yaakov Mechaev. Yaakov says, you have to pay. You're a Tam. The only question is, do we appoint an apitropis, yes or no? Kamashman of Yaakov, that we appoint an apitropis, and he's bechuyiv to pay that, that as, as a regular tam. There's no reason Rabbi Yaakov has to say that he pays chetzinezek. We're talking about a tam. The only question is, do you have an apitropis, yes or no? Comes along with Yaakov l'chayra, he should be saying, you appoint an apitropis, and then you're bechuyiv to pay. What are you bechuyiv to pay? We know. A tam pays chetzinezek. But it's not what Yaakov says. Yaakov says specifically, you pay chetzinezek. It's mashma, says the Gemara at this stage, that the chiddish of Yaakov is not that you're mechuyiv to pay through an apitropos. That's not the issue. The issue is that we're talking about some kind of case where there's a chiddish to paying chetzinezek. What kind of case is there that there's a chiddish to paying chetzinezek? Says the Gemara, what are we talking about? What is the case over here? Ibitam pshita. If we're talking about a tam, so there's no chiddush to pay chetzinezek. The chiddush is that you have to pay it all. But then just say mechayev. He didn't say mechayev. He said chetzinezek. Mashmut is the chiddush in the chetzinezek itself. What is that chiddush? Now, ibetam. Uh, if we're talking about a tam, then pshit. Kol yamanam chetzinezek moshalim. Everybody is chiddush chetzinezek. The chiddush over here is ibemud. If we're talking about a mud, what do you mean chetzinezek? Idavdilei shmira. If you watch the animal, so don't call call loy by the shmira. You don't have to pay anything. If you did a good job watching, we'll talk about what that means—a good job watching in a second. But if you did a good job watching and still was able to get out, what we would call in in, in the muscle ruach she'ino matsuya, right? An uncommon wind blew down the fence or caused the animal did something crazy. Then you don't have to pay at all. Either loy avdi shmira, but cool. If you didn't do a shmira at all. 
Kulu Nezek by the Shumites. You don't pay Chetzi, then you pay Nezek Shalim. So what is of Yaakov's case? Wherever in Shas do we see a Chidush to pay Chetzi Nezek? Either it's Pashat, because it's a Tam, or by a Muad, it's not true. So I'm a Rava. Rava says a very interesting case. The Olam B'Muad. We're talking about a Muad who should pay Nezek Shalim. But in this case, the Muad pays Chetzi Nezek. Why? Why is the Muad paying Chetzi Through a very interesting combination of Shittas. We'll talk about it later on in Dafnun Hay, Rashi brings. The Gemara brings an interesting machlaikas on how much you have to do to watch an animal. Now, normally I would have said, if I was using my logic and not the Torah, I would have said, okay, at time you have to do a decent job. Once it's a moored, you have to do a really, really good job. Much better. Okay, what we call a shmir mu'ula. But the psukim, we learn out later from the psukim, the opposite svara. Okay, it doesn't make a difference what the logic is, doesn't make a difference for our context what the psukim are. But we're going to learn out later on Daftun Hay from psukim, that on a tam, you're more responsible for, <coughs> for the shmir. If you buy a tam, shmir pechusa is not enough. You need to do a shmira me'ula. You need to do an excellent job. If you don't do an excellent job, you're Whereas by a mu'id, once you do a shmira pchusa, even a smaller level, don't worry about the levels right now, that's enough to make you potter. Okay. So that is a exerisakos. That's halakha number one. So what? What does that help us over here? Here we're talking about a mu'id. So watch it, whatever you're supposed to watch it. Yes, yes, don't know. Behuda holds a very interesting shita. Behuda holds when you pay Nezik Shalem as a Muid, you're not paying Nezik Shalem. You're paying the Chetzi Nezik of a Tam plus a second Chetzi Nezik of a Muid. You're actually paying two payments that combine into a Nezik Shalem. That's point number two. And point number three. And this is the point I already mentioned, that he owns the Shmir's Pusa, and So now, let's combine all these halachas together. Every mood is actually a tam and a mood together. Now, if I don't watch the animal at all, and it gores, then of course I'm chayef from the tzad tam of it, and I'm chayef from the tzad mood of it. If I do a shmir ma'ula, if I do an excellent job watching it, it gores anyways, then I'm potter on both sides, whether I did a shmir thing or not, if I did a super, super job. What if I do this medium job, where it's better than a shmir pchusa, but I did not yet do a shmir ma'ula? Okay. So according to Behuda now, I am, if it was a tam, I'd be chayiv. If it's a mu'ud, I'm potter. Well, says the bar, really? Well, hold on. In Rabbi Huda, every mu'ud is chetzi tam and chetzi mu'ud. Which means if you do this medium level of shmirah, you're going to be chayiv for the tzad tadm sheboi, but potter on the tzad mu'ud sheboi. So therefore, if I did this medium level, I would have to pay the chetzi nezek of the tam that's part of this mu'ud damage. Now, wait a second. We're talking about a cherish That's no problem. Because we're talking about where you appoint an apitropis, and apitropis is going to be like the sheet that we had before in the Chachamim, that an apitropis would pay the aspect of tam that is going to be over here. So if you hold that there's a difference in the levels of Shmira, and you hold that you can be more for a tam aspect of it than the mood aspect of it, and you hold that a apitropis would be appointed to pay the tzad tam shaboy as well, then you actually have a Yaakov over here telling you a tremendous chiddish. That you have an animal that's actually a mood that's owned by a cherishet of a cotton, can be paying chetzi nezik. 
through a combination of circumstances. Because they did a medium job of watching, which is enough to pot you from the Muad Shabbat, but not from the Tam Shabbat. No, you hold your appointed up your job is to make you pay for that Tam Shabbat. And all of that together, obviously, is a big Chiddush. And that's where Yaakov's teaching me. So to teach me, pay Chetzin Ezek as a Tam is a Chiddush on its own, but he wouldn't have said Chetzin Ezek. He just would have said, Yemuchayv to pay. For the fact that he said Chetzin Ezek, Yemuchayv to pay, he's teaching you a case where you could be a Muid and still pay Chetzin Ezek, and that's his Chiddush. Through this combination of these three different points. Says the Gemara, Amalei Abaya. Abaya says, that's cute. And I like that Chap shot. It's a nice Lambashapad. Veloi Pligi. But then you're telling me that if Yaakov and Yehuda are the same shita, and if Yaakov holds like a Yehuda, that you split up the payment of a muid, and if Yaakov holds like a Yehuda, that there's a difference in the level of shmir that you do between the time and a muid. But is that true? But Tadi, we have a brisa, a second brisa. The brisa says, Shor shocher shenogach, seems to be the same exact case, but doesn't explain what the case is. Again, if Yaakov says this cryptic statement, you pay Chetzinezek. And if Yehuda, who's the one we've been blaming of Yaakov on this whole time, he himself says Yechayev, which sounds like he's saying Yechayev, Nezek Shalit. Now, according to your Cheshman, the Yehuda holds that you split up the Muad into two separate payments, and that Sad Tam Shabbat you're going to be Chayev, and that Sad Muad Shabbat you're going to be Potter, then why would Yehuda say over here you pay Nezek Shalit? The whole Chap was, if Yehuda and if Yaakov held like that, was that you don't. Says Abayah, so there must be something else going on here. So the no. Amar Yaakov. I can read the second price easily. Yehuda says Chayev. Rav Yaakov is explaining Shittas Yehuda. That which Yehuda said Chayev is not that he holds Nezik Shalim. And Rav Yaakov is arguing. Rather, Rav Yaakov is explaining that which Yehuda said in this case. You pay Chatzin Nezik. Yemachoyev means Chatzin Nezik. Because, again, we're talking about a case where it's a mood, and you did a medium-level shmira, which patters the mood shabai, but doesn't patter the tam shabai, and you appointed apitropas to be mechaev the tam shabai, all that cheshbon you can read here into this price, no machlaikis whatsoever between Yaakov and Mihud. That has how Rava and Rabbah Ula explain this gemara. But Abayah clearly disagrees. Abayah holds that some sort of machlaikis going on here. What's the machlaikis? Well, Abayah, the merpligi, but my pligi. According to Abayah, who says there is a machlaikis between Yaakov and Mihudah, what kind of sense does that make? We just said, according to Behuda, that you, it's, every mu'ad is a chetzi chetzi, so then the chayr of Yaakov's cheshman is right. You should not have to pay for that, says the Gemara. No, we're not talking about that case that you talked about before, a mu'ad that you did a medium level on. We're talking about a mu'ad, you didn't watch it at all. And therefore you mechuyiv all of it. Okay, so if you mechuyiv all of it, why does Yaakov say chetzi nezek? He half Agrees with the Buda and half argues. Pardon the pun. It's Chetzi Nezek. He half agrees and half doesn't. What does that mean? Some agree the Buda the Buda saw that Sad Thomas Mukamemedes. He holds every muad is a Chetzi Chetzi. Okay, every muad is a Chetzi Chetzi. The Buda says over here you're going to be Chayev for the Sad Muad Shaboy and the Sad Tam Shaboy because you have an Apitropis. The Apitropis says that the Cheshet of a Cotton is going to be Chayev on the Sad Tam Shaboy and the Sad Muad Shaboy. But Rabbi Yaakov says, Rabbi Yaakov says, Says a buyer, Rabbi Yaakov holds, you could appoint an Apitropis to make you high, to turn it into a mood and to pay as a mood, but to pay as a tam, as we said before, Sumchas and our Mishnah held, you don't pay as a tam those first three times when you have an Apitropis because you don't have to pay as a tam, period. And therefore, says Rabbi Yaakov, the opposite. We're talking about a muid. A muid that is mukhif to pay Nezik Shalim. But that Nezik Shalim is actually made up of two halves. A tam half 
and a Mordech. The Yisaymim, even with an Apitrapis, don't have to pay the Tamehef. They only have to pay the Mordech. And that's what Yaakov means when he says you pay Chatzinezek. So if you're paying attention, which is the end of the shir, you might not be anymore, but if you're paying attention, the first way of explaining of Yaakov was that you're paying the Tzad Tam. And the second way of paying of Yaakov is that you're paying the Tzad Mu'ad. So they're both talking about a Mu'ad that's paying Chatzinezek. But in one case, you're paying a Mu'ad Chatzinezek, only the Tam Shaboy, because that's the part you're chayef on when you did that medium level Shmir in the first Hezbert, in Rav's Hezbert. But in Abayah's Hezbert, it's the opposite. You're Mechuyiv to pay all of it. The reason you're not only paying Chetzi, because on the Tzad Tam, we say, an Apichopis is not going to make you pay the Tzad Tam. An Apichopis only makes you pay the Tzad Mu'ad. So that's why you're paying a different half. Same money, obviously. But a different... The lumdus is not the paying the tam part of it. The lumdus is paying the muad part of it. Okay, so we have two totally different ways of understanding. Says the Gemara, wait a second. So according to Abayah's Pshat, I assume this was his father, it sounds like, that then everything makes sense. According to Rav, who says that there's no machlaikis over here. And we said... The whole deed that we explained was that why does Yaakov say Chetzinezek and not just say Chayiv? If he said Chetzinezek, he must be talking about some kind of funny case. That was all true before you came up with this idea of Tzad Thomas Mokamimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
and his Kiddush would be that you have a Mina not be Trappist, or it could be some kind of Mu'ad, and the Kiddush is threefold. A, Mamini not Pichapas. B, even though it's a Mu'ad, there is a Tzad Tamus. And even though it's a Mu'ad, there's a Tzad Tamus, you're only paying Chetzi because you're only having a Tam Shabai, not on the Mu'ad Shabai. So Rabbi said, I'd rather read it my way, which teaches you three points, instead of reading it your way, which only teaches you one point. One more piece. Ravina, Ravina says, you misread the whole Bryce altogether. Till now, we've been discussing that the Machlaikis is, how do you become a Mu'ad? And do you have to pay as a Tam? Ravina, Amar, no. Roshos Mashani Kabinayo. Go back and read the Bryce. Let's read the Brisa. Tana Bonon Shorcher Shetvakon Shenogach. Rabbi Yaakov says Mishalm Chatsi Nezek when the owner becomes healthy. Rabbi Yaakov is not talking about what you're paying when he's a Cher Shetvakon. He became a Muad. As we said, you appointed Abu Chabas to make him into a Muad. Now he became healthy. Now he grew up. Does he go back to being Chatsi Nezek or not? That's the Machloik is. That Rabbi Noam Rishus Mishani Kminayu. Going to have a mood when it's tapa, when it's paka, cherish when it's tatva, shoit of a hig deal, a cotton, or the statva shoit of a hig deal, a cotton. If you discover, hurry up because Kosa, it stays like it is. And Rabbi Yudas said, Chayev, he meant Nezik Shalim because it was a mood, and it stays a mood. If Yaakov suffered Rishus Mishani, and therefore it goes back to being a tam and paying Chatsi Nezik. So we have three different ways to read the Brysa. According to Abaya and Ravina, there is a machlaikis. According to Avinu, the Machlaikis is Rosh Hashanah. According to Abayah, the Machlaikis is whether we say that the Tzad Tamus Shaboy is you're going to pay that half or not, whether you pay the Tzad Muad Shaboy, not the Tzad Tam Shaboy. According to Rabbah, there's no Machlaikis here whatsoever. Everybody's holding on the same Shita. Adkan.